Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Lisa McNeely. My pronouns are she and her. I'm your host for Spotlight on Recruiting. And our show today, Company Culture, Please Meet Corporate Brand. I'm happy to welcome our leading lady, Roz Mancinelli, to the show. Roz, thank you for being on the show and willingness to share your experience. Thank you, Lisa. I love this topic. Thanks for inviting me to talk about it today. I might talk too much. (laughs) No, no, never, never. So if you've ever had the chance, any of our audience members, if you've ever had the chance to work with Roz, you're going to know that she is very passionate about helping clients discover and articulate their purpose and how it impacts their culture and how it ultimately shapes their brand. And that's why we have her on the show so that she can share her expertise in creating culture and brand alignment. Um, I want to give a a little bit of a background on Roz because she's just so amazing and I'm so excited to have her here. But I think our audience members need to know how great you are, Roz. So bear with me for a minute while I, you know, sing your praises. Um, So Roz is the principal and chief brand builder of InnoVenture Consulting. She recently served as the CEO of the Encinitas Chamber of Commerce. She has more than 20 years of business and marketing brand experience, both on the agency and the client side. She knows what drives customers to prefer one company's brand over another. Roz has worked with Fortune 500s, startups, in a variety of industries, including technology, real estate, financial services, nonprofit, and other membership organizations. She served two years as the SD Direct, the San Diego Direct Marketing Association president, and has facilitated marketing workshops, conducted multiple webinars and lectures on branding, marketing, and business leadership topics. Um, Former employees and clients include Intuit, which is TurboTax, as most people will know, one of their products, Um, Vistage, Renovate America, Buffini & Company, by referral only, options for all, partnerships with industry, and more. Um, So without further ado, um, today's topic, company culture and brand alignment, um, is just such an important, Roz and I talked before the show about how important, you know, this topic is, um, especially right now in the recruitment and retention space. So I think, you know, first of all, you know, Roz, what is brand and culture alignment? Uh, Lisa, I, I define it pretty simply. It, it's when a business clearly walks its talk. I mean, think about that. It's, it's your, when your brand promise, your core values, your mission, and your purpose are in harmony. They're all working together. There's no disconnect. It makes sense. It feels authentic. It's inspirational. It's a little aspirational, right? So there's that, that feel-good um, connection that people have with you because it makes sense. Um, it, what happens is it um, further then creates consistency and harmony with every employee, 
and customer communication, um, on your social channels, promotional efforts. It helps inform your decision-making internally and ex extends to everyone you're doing business with, all your stakeholders, including you know, anybody, um, you know, any contractors, vendors, partners, shareholders. Um, it, it's the, the experiences that all these folks have with you that feel very genuine and authentic. And, and Lisa, think about from the recruitment standpoint, right, that process for the job candidate, right? Potential employees, um, they, they all have some awareness or perception of your company, and they're going to research you uh, to see what you're really all about. So think how important having a, a brand that's in alignment with your, with your culture is to these folks and how you can help shape that um, perception and create an employer brand that matches your company brand because it's in harmony with your actual true culture. So um, how that will inform that whole employment journey for uh, candidates and how they're going to feel about you and talk about you. It's, it's a beautiful no, thing when I, it all works together. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think, I mean, it's, it, it is it's so important, and that's one of the things that I think, you know, is, um, and, you know, Rob and I had talked, obviously, off, off you know, air, and um, one of the things, you know, Rob had said, and just even here, it's like, hey, you've got to walk your talk and know your mission and know your purpose, and I think from the recruitment standpoint, um, you're right, I mean, when they've done surveys over like what are employees look or job seekers, what are they looking for? And they're looking for organizations. Um, they're looking at your culture. And how they do that is they research companies. And, you know, I think there was a, a Gallup survey that was done and it was like, hey, um, candidates will do their homework on all companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And eight in 10 U.S. adults who are open to new jobs or actively seeking, um, they will likely, most likely, apply to a company that has won a Great Place Award. Um, and how do you get Great Place Awards? You have brand and internal alignment because what you're sharing with your customer, you're also doing with your internal employees, and your internal employees are being treated well, and they're then in turn treating your customers well, right? That's exactly right. That, and that's why um, I think it's so important to think about the employer brand when you're talking about your, your company brand and, and how it all aligns with your culture. Because, I mean, think about like, right now it's, it's a candidate's job market. <laughs> they pretty much own it. <laughs> the tables have turned. Right, right. So that, <laughs> so that means they, they can, they're going to talk to um, current employees they're going to talk to past employees. They're going to talk to vendors and partners you do business with. They're going to look on Glassdoor. You better have the Glassdoor act together. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And, and, and in Google as well. Um, yeah. And, uh, even Indeed, um, so many of the platforms anymore will have a spot where, you know, people can come and, like, share their experiences with an organization. And, you know, companies – small and large, they need to own those pages and manage them. Um, so I, mm -hmm. I thank you for bringing that up because I think it's, it's often an oversight um, that companies don't even know that they may be out there. Um, so, Raj, what are some companies who do company culture and corporate brand alignment that they do it well? Well, you know, um, I'm gonna, I, I have two of them to come to mind because I've, I've been online looking for stuff lately. Um, the first one is Southwest Airlines. Um, because I mean, we're finally feeling ready to travel again, right? And I haven't been on a plane in, in a year and a half. 
But um, so I went up and, and I was looking at uh, flights and I, I started thinking about them. And, and, you know, they've been around for what, like 30 or 40 years. And right out of the gate, they were trying to be different from all the other airlines and to create a different experience. And um, think about their culture. They say, they say right on their website something about having a fun-loving attitude. And, and, I mean, think about, uh, I mean, everybody um, has probably taken a, a Southwest flight at some point <laughs> in their life. But think about the, the flight attendants and how, how you're treated on the Southwest flight and the humor that they bring to it and uh, specifically those pre-flight instructions. I actually talk about this in my workshops that um, the one, my favorite one is when they're um, talking about in case of an emergency, parents decide which child you love the most and put their mask on first. I mean, that's not scripted, right? (laughs) I mean, it cracks everybody up. It it gets their attention. And the whole point is these are important instructions. Listen up, folks. And they know how to do it, and they know how to do it with fun. And and these these, uh, flight attendants aren't given scripts. They come up with it themselves because they hire to culture. These guys understand what the culture is, and it resonates with them. So like you said earlier, they treat customers the way they are treated, with with fun, humor, and and compassion. That's who they are. No, and and I think, like, hiring for culture, I mean, you know, it used to be – the, the slogan was, you know, culture fit, which that has become, mm-hmm. like, fit has become the new F word in the recruitment <laughs> industry, I will say, um, because now it's like, hey, it's culture ad. But with that, it's, you know, we don't want to be hiring people who are all the same um, because, you know, then, then you get kind of a homogenous type environment. Right. You want to find employees from a variety of backgrounds, but what you do want to identify is candidates who share your company's vision, goals, and your values. Yes. And that, I think, is where, like you said, that, that alignment comes into place because if you don't have that already established, then how do you know who you're hiring for? Um, exactly. And, uh, so, right, I right. You know, that... I, no, sorry. Um, I was going to say I know that for Southwest, I mean, it's a fun, great company. Um, and I think for our listeners, they need to know that, hey, you don't need to be a Southwest Airlines or like Roz and I had talked before and um, Zappos is one that comes up all of the time. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, very similar, very fun. Um, but even if like, because you've worked with financial service companies, you know, they may not have that type of um, brand because they're more of, hey, we want to be safe and secure um, right. as far as their brand alignment, but they still have good employee experiences and, and maybe you could just kind of touch upon that Raj just so they can know like hey you don't need to be the same it's it's individual between company it, exactly and, and, it, and it is kind of you know different industries have to convey certain values that um, engender trust like you said financial services they're they're not going to be silly happy fun because you know what silly happy fun with your money you you want to you want to trust that they're <laughs> they're you know going to make they're making good financial decisions and and you're going to benefit from that from that um, but I, I'll give you another example um, I, I, I like what you're saying about um, the cultural fit because. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're hiring the same type of person all the time. You, inclusion and diversity is important because, I mean, just, just like people, there are, we have different facets of ourselves. 
And depending on the situation you're in, some of those facets rise to the top at different times. So if, if you're in a serious company, it's going to be those more serious pieces and those things that you value that maybe are a little more highlighted and in the forefront than if you're working for Southwest and then maybe your sense of humor highlights. It doesn't mean you can't work for either company. It just means that, that there are, are different people and, and what they what they bring to the table can be a little different depending. It's situational, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Does, does yeah, that make sense? No, I, yeah. yeah, it does. It does make sense. And I, and I think even like for one of my clients that was, you know, in the financial service industry, um, you know, when we were writing like their job, their job ad, um, you know, we, we always wanted to, we included like, hey, these are the, the tenants um, as far as, you know, what we're looking for and things we hold dear. And I think that it was really great because you had mentioned, like, you can still show your personality. Um, but, you know, one of their things was, hey, you know, we're always looking for the right answers. Um, we need you to be diligent about driving towards good decisions using innovation, data, and any resources because they want to be right at the forefront and they're a financial right. service company. But then also they're like, hey, we want you to be respectful and open-minded um, because, you know, they did have a lot of really smart people there. There was a ton of data scientists. And mm -hmm. they're like, hey, we have a variety of backgrounds and opinions. Um, and this is, like, what they put in their job ad. And they're like, hey, and those opinions may not always be your own, but you need to be willing to listen and learn. And so that was, like, you know, their oh, nice. inclusion statement. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and then it was, hey, be humble. Um were a lot of smart people, no room for egos here, because they had like a no-jerk policy as far as their hiring. Um, so they called it out. They're like, this is what it is. And I think it's still, I mean, and it gave a sense, and I'll tell you, every time that I was talking to, you know, candidates, um, a lot of them would come to me and they're like, hey, I applied to this position solely on the job ad. Um, because at the time they were a startup and their website didn't have a whole lot of information, but their job ad was so well written um, to try and include, you know, that culture. Um, and then bringing also how that job, the position, um, relates to the culture. Because I think you had mentioned this too, is, you know, people need to have a purpose. And so it was having, yes. hey, this position has a purpose. And this is how it relates to our corporate brand. And then, you know, we've also, we've talked about our, internal brand because that's what was represented in the job ad. So, um, Roz, how did you can get... I, can, I just, can I just interject yeah. something? Because what you're saying is yeah. so important. It, it just highlights how being intentional about your culture can humanize a company. Because that's really what I'm hearing in what you're saying about that example is how people felt a connection, a human connection. It wasn't no longer just a job. They were drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was genuine yeah, yeah. and authentic. And that is so important. <laughs> it is. And, oh. you know, like you said, it's a candidate's market. And so you need to be able to be attracting those candidates, but also need to be focusing on retention as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I just want to find out, though, Rose, you know, how did you get involved um, in helping organizations shape their brands? Well, um, I, I've been in um, branding and marketing my entire career, but where it really came together for me is when I was um, working for Intuit. Um, I was in customer care for TurboTax, so I was a customer care leader um, and a member of the core team that was assembled 
to define what the TurboTax brand character is. And for, for those of you who aren't um, familiar with brand character, it's, it's the brand's personality. You know, like people, brands have personality. And so that would um, help customers to understand how, what they could expect from interactions with TurboTax. Just like, you know, Lisa, I know what to expect from you because I understand your personality. And you're not going to do anything that's far, you know, um, very far afield from who you are. So when you know who you are and you treat people with consistently, then they trust you. But in order to develop that brand personality, we had to do a deep dive into what their brand stood for currently and also what it aspired to, to be. So we had to look at their culture. What, what does TurboTax value and why? You know, after it's like, so why do you value that? Why is that important? Um, what do they believe? Why? Why do you believe this? And um, what's at the heart of everything we do for our customers? And that was really enlightening. And it helped us develop a very appropriate personality that would um, engage customers and engender trust. So after we successfully completed this, this deep dive, I was responsible for, for bringing that into the customer care organization. And um, at the time, customer care had about 200 people in various roles. And when you think about customer care, you know, it's customer service. Think about how much you enjoy doing your taxes. And when you have a question, um, you, you need to get to somebody right away. You want them to be helpful. And, and you're either going to do that either in the product with their in-product cat. You're going to call them on the phone. You know, there are various ways um, to, to do that with, with any of these software companies. So how can we make that process uh, more pleasant and more helpful and, and make customers feel more comfortable throughout this very uncomfortable time of doing their taxes? So we looked at every key touch point that customers were having while they were experiencing um, yeah, when they needed help, and it was truly eye-opening because we were comparing those experiences to now our brand personality, our core values, right? So we, we had a comparison to align these things to. Do they align or don't they? So working with all of these things, we created a set of customer experience principles that would help drive all the decisions that we were making on behalf of our customers, our employees, our um, shareholders. And we used the culture pillars of core values, brand promise, brand personality, and the customer experience principles to do right by the customer. So um, it, it, was, it was interesting to take all of these key experiences and see where they aligned, where there might be friction, or where there were gaps. And we made a lot of changes. And I'm here to tell you that those changes were absolutely essential in helping to improve our customer satisfaction scores and our net promoter scores with customers. So that's why this work is so important. And not only that, we had a lot more happy agents who understood why we were doing what we were doing. It made sense to our employees so that they were given better customer service. So it was, it was just an eye-opening experience for me, and I thought, oh, my God, how many companies can use this? And so I developed frameworks for my company to use to dive into this process with, with companies. And so we've been doing it with, um, a bunch of, in a bunch of different industries, and it's been an incredible journey. So um, That's, I mean, I think, it's been wonderful. You know, <laughs> Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, I was just going to say I love that because um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong because obviously you're the expertise here, but I think for a lot of times in the past, um, you know, the focus was like well, let's focus on employee experience and then we're going to focus on customer experience, but they were owned by different departments and never, it really never kind of came together. 
Um, and what you're doing is like you're doing experience management basically where you're bringing it together and it's kind of owned by everyone. Um, is that yeah. seem accurate? It's funny you say that because um, when I conduct these workshops and I talk to um, companies beforehand, I'll ask um, the, the contacts or the leaders, who owns the um, employee experience or who owns the customer experience? And they'll, they'll say, well, you know, your yeah, marketing team owns the customer experience and um, you know, HR owns the employee. And it's like, no, wrong answer. Everybody owns it. <laughs> If I could get true, people to understand though, right? that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need silos. You don't need silos. Um, okay, so we're going to take a quick sponsor break. Um, so, Ross, thanks for sharing. So don't go away uh, because when we come back, we're going to be discussing some action steps um, that organizations can take to create brand and cultural alignment. Okay. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now, Lisa, back to your show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we kind of talked, I mean, just briefly before we took the break is, you know, whose responsibility it is to create alignment between culture and brand, which, you know, you said it's really everyone. Um, But, you know, what actions should business leaders take um, in order to build that alignment? Um, that, that's a big question. Um, I'd say first and foremost, um, leaders need to be fiercely honest um, about taking an inward look at who they really are in terms of a company. Uh, and that means, are you fulfilling your promises to all your stakeholders? Where are the gaps? How, do you, how will you close them? Where are any friction points that could be smoothed over? Um, have you defined a set of principles that you can measure yourself against? Because if you don't have principles, how do you know that you're, you're, you're aligned properly? Um, it, it's why we've developed customer experience principles for our clients um, to ensure that they are fulfilling their promise, their vision, their mission at every touch point with their customers and employees. And I'll give you an example. Um, if you're promising transparency, have you defined for your employees what transparency means? What does it look like in action? So, you know, sometimes you have to put guardrails around things. And I'll give you an example of a company I worked with who had transparency of one of their core values. And what they found out was that while you want your customers to understand your pricing policies, this doesn't mean you want an employee explaining in detail how you arrived at your pricing and what your margins are. So that's what I mean about guardrails. Okay. <laughs> they have to understand what, what these core values mean. What do they look like? What are they? What aren't they? You know, when do you know you've gone too far? So, I mean, it, it takes a real effort to look at this stuff. So what, I guess, are the consequences if there is an alignment? Okay. Um, I think consequences. Well, for one thing, there might be confusion about your company and your brand. You know, what does it stand for? Um, 
which translates into, are you for me or aren't you? Maybe another brand is better. Um, you might have flat or declining sales yet, or no business growth. Um, if you're a consultant or a small business, maybe you're not getting referrals, new referrals. Maybe no one's referring you. Um, or maybe you're not getting repeat business. So you'll want to talk to past customers and learn what their experience was. Uh, you know, be proactive in asking for feedback all the time and what you can do to make the experience better. Um, see, there might be a lack of customer engagement or retention, or from an employer perspective, you might have high turnover or not getting a good candidates in the uh, lead pool when, you're, when you have a, a job opening. Uh, look, look at on social. Um, <laughs> set up those listening posts. See, see what people are saying about you. So, um, yeah, I, th I think those are the, the consequences. <laughs> those are a good set of yeah. consequences right there. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's finance. It's, it's it's a mess. It's a mess if you don't have it. Is what you're saying. Um, you know, I think I I had read an article just when I was you know kind of researching our topic. I had come across this, and it was an article that was written in Fast Company um, in uh, 2019. But there was a survey done by um, Grant Thornton Strategy and Transformation Group, and they had done um, a culture survey. And in the survey, they found that 75% of executives assert that their organization has defined values that are communicated and understood. Um, however, the statistic only 33% of their employees actually agreed with. <laughs> Does that surprise you? Of the gap. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me a bit. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's definitely something that I think that, you know, organizations, because um, I, I, I do think that a lot of times they think it's like in, inherent, like our culture is just going to happen um, yeah. versus being intentional. Um, right. And again, you're the expert expert here. So, you know, it has me. to be guided. You, it has to be cultivated, guided, and nurtured. And, and it's these leaders who think all this. They've checked the box. We've got our core values. Everybody knows them, right? Well, how are you demonstrating and manifesting these core values for your employees? So they, they see you as the embodiment of your core values. Are you doing that? Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's important because a lot of times they don't. I mean, that's where that, that percentage gap you just <laughs> talked about yeah. comes in, right? So I, I how mean, do you get started? How do, how do you start? Where do you start? Um, I think that depends on, on what you might already have in place, right? For, if, for example, if a company hasn't defined their core values, that would be a great place to start. And that would be a great place to um, get people from across the organization involved in developing core values. Um, or if you don't have, you know, customer, defined customer experience principles, that's another great place to start where, where you could, again, a cross-functional team from different departments in different areas, bring them into it. Um, I, I, I like to start with the companies I work with is to learn more about, even if they do have these things in place, what, in the context of the roles of your employees, ask them, what do they value? What do they believe? What is most important to them? What do they think is at the heart of everything they do? You will collect such emotional stories from your employees and how they feel about their jobs that it will, it, it will, it, it will just um, 
you'll, you'll get emotional listening to these stories. You'll hear things you had no idea were going on in the organization in terms of experiences that employees have had either with one another or with leaders or with customers and clients that will really help you understand um, in, in a very significant way what's going on in your company, and, 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 and I'm saying in a good way, and things that you should um, amplify within your organization, and then the things you, you want to, you know, de-amplify. So this, that right there can be very helpful in understanding, you know, how, how you're, what inspires your employees to do what they're doing. Because, yeah, money is important, and we all need money, but that's not what, what makes them show up every day, or else they'll go somewhere else for more money. You, you need to understand what inspires them and what's important to them so that those are the things that, that you understand your culture to be and you, you could define it more clearly that way. Yeah, no, um, I think, you know, it's, um, I'm going to get this quote wrong, but um, Simon Sinek had said something about, um, you know, you don't hire skilled people and motivate them. You hire people who are already motivated and inspire them um, mm-hmm. because people are, when people are financially invested, they want to return, but when they're emotionally invested, they want to contribute. And I think that, Wow. makes a difference, right, as far as right. um, how you're feeling in an organization. And, you know, we had talked, you know, and I had, like, before the show, Rob and I, had, you know, chatted briefly, and I had just shared with her a quote that came from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce blog, and they were talking about, you know, right now um, that most jobs, well, most, the data suggests that workers are highly confident they can leave their current job for something better. Um, what we're calling, you know, the tsunami talent turnover is what we're calling it in recruitment. Um, and that 53% of the job seekers said a diminishing employer brand was the key reason for leaving their previous job. Um, and I think that employer brand, it's, it's part of the whole alignment um, because employer brand is, you know, the employer's reputation as a place to work um, and their employee value proposition. And so when that's not aligning, and especially with their customers, um, there's just that, not that alignment, you have a retention problem, and it, it's, it's expensive. Um, and like Raj, you know, you would shared already, there's, if there's not alignment, there's just a whole slew of problems that can happen, and, and in the end, it, it turns into financial, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Roz, I mean, I would love to just, like, continue on and on and on because it's so great to have you, and you're so smart and you're so <laughs> passionate so about this subject. <laughs> it does. It goes so fast. Um, so if our listeners um, want to learn more or they're interested in, like, having you come and speak or present, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, uh, a couple of ways. They could email me um, at rmancinelli at innoventureconsulting.com. And I'm, I'm assuming you'll include this in, you're, you're going to send a link to the podcast at some point. Yes. So, yes. Um, and then, and, or, the, or on LinkedIn, um, they can look up Innoventure Consulting Group on LinkedIn. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the best Perfect. way. Perfect. And, and for our listeners, all of this information can be found on the show page. Um, so, Roz, thank you again for being our leading lady and sharing your expertise. It was amazing to have you here. I want oh, to gosh, give a thank special you. thanks. Oh, yeah, no, sorry. I, I was, like, ready to just kind of thank everybody in the world. But, yeah, no, it was, it's uh, such a pleasure to always speak with you. Um, 
So I want to speak a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally. We will be back again for another Women League radio show Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. Thank you all, and thank you, Roz, and um, I hope everyone has a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.